And with that in mind, we'll turn our Bibles in uh, the Luke Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, and reading the first 10 verses, it reads thus, that is, the Gospel according to St. Luke 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. That all the world should be taxed. And they're still taxing. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor in, of Syria. And all went out to be taxed. Everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judah unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his ex-spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, the appointed time, that is. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger, because there was no room in the inn or in the hotels. And there were, in the same country, Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks or over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Of great joy, which shall be to all people. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts. As we send our thoughts on verse 8, where it says that shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I'd like to send your thoughts on the subject, a night to remember. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks for that blessed night. That first Christmas night when Jesus was born. And the tremendous change or changes that birth has brought upon the world. Oh, Father and our God, we give you thanks a million times for sending your Son to redeem us from the curse of the law and to give us new life. May everyone experience a blessed Christmas and the joys of that first Christmas night. Bless in this hour and add to this message that it is necessary to make it complete and take away from my thoughts those things which are not necessary for this occasion. These verses we ask to Christ, O Lord. 
Amen. You may be seated. A night to remember. That first Christmas night when Jesus Christ was born was a night that all of history was looking toward. Many of the Old Testament prophets and even David in the Psalms prophesied about it and would have been delighted to be alive for that occasion. Even the angels also looked forward to their appoint, or appointed uh, or responsibility. But they had to wait for the appointed time, the right time, which was predetermined by the Almighty God. Normally, when you hear of a night to remember, perhaps the first thing that comes to your mind or you begin to think of something negative. But this one is something positive. And it is so for the people of God. Whenever you hear about remembrance, you know it is something positive. The Apostle Paul and Peter were famous for calling on the saints to remember where God brought you from. Remember where you are now. Be mindful of where God brought you from and where you are now. And don't forget that. So many people forget. In Ephesians 2 and 11, time will not permit us to read all these passages, but in Ephesians 2 and 11, 2 Timothy 1 and 5, 2 Peter 1 and verse 12, and the list goes on and on. You see the word, remember, and I call you to remember. And the remembrance so many times that our word and Brother Elvin are reminded of that, reminded us of that just recently. It is this, with this in mind, that I call upon you to remember that first Christmas night. What went on? What happened? And what is it all about? That first Christmas night. It was a holy night. That first Christmas night, it was a very busy night. And you notice that the busyness is going on every Christmas after two th over 2,000 years. Isn't that something to remember and something to think about? Not only that it was a busy night, but that first Christmas night... It was a very dark night until Jesus Christ was born and the stars appear and the light begin to shine. You notice that we have never heard anything about the moon was shining. You know, sometimes the, according to the cycle of the moon, the nights are very dark. It seems as though it was one of those cycles, really. Where the moon was not shining because it was the new moon, perhaps, and, or the, the last quarter 
And it was certainly not the full moon because we are told it was a dark night. And that is symbolic. But all of God's providence. And it was so dark because, too, there was no electricity back then. Imagine, no electricity. And the moon is not shining. Could you imagine how dark the night was? And then here was this star that lighted up the entire world. As we shall see in a little while. That the wise men who were not in Bethlehem, but were miles away, saw the star that first Christmas night. As we shall, if we were to read further on, but we shall see as we go along in this message, that the star was so bright that the wise men saw the star and began their journey. And the star shone every night until they got there. And when they got there, as we understand it, I mark you, I say understand it. There are a lot of things that we don't know about it. It appears though that when the wise men got there, because they did not have Leah, they did not have American Airlines, uh, they, they did not have Delta and so forth, some camels, and you know camels travel long distances, but very, very slow. Camels are like slow boat to China, you know. And so as we understand it, by time they got there, Jesus was approximately two to three years old. <laughs> but, but we hear um, songs say, the wise men saw when the baby born. Not a thing or so. He made good music and he sound good, but nothing goes so. The wise men were not there when Jesus Christ was born. The people who were there shortly after Jesus Christ was born were the angels and the shepherds, not the wise men. However, that is not uh, the point of the message here tonight. Uh, sorry, this morning. Um, but it was a holy night. It was a busy night. It was a dark night until the light broke through. But most importantly, it was a night of miracles. Miracles like we have never seen before, heard of, and never since then. That one solitary night, there were so many miracles. And so, in thinking of our subject here, in keeping with our subject, a night to remember. What we want to look at today is the miracles that happened that first Christmas night. The first miracle was that of the humble birth of Jesus Christ. Something that we, we don't even want to think about. How he was born. Why, Lord? Why this had to be? And why the circumstances surrounding it was so humbling. He came from heaven to a stable. All the splendor of heaven that we hear about and we read about in the book of Revelation. Just imagine King Charles or William Mary 
being born in a manger. Unheard of. Could not happen. But Jesus, who is above King Charles and all the other kings, was humbled, born in a manger because there was no room in the inn. He entered the world, or the womb, rather, of a virgin. That is condescension. For the king of kings and the laws of laws to be born of a woman. From the fragrance of heaven to the stench of a stable. There was no air freshener inside there. If any air freshener, it probably would have been inside the inn, but not in the stable. You think of the smell of a stable. From the worship of angels to the rejection of the innkeepers. Everybody turn them away and say that. There is no room here. And even as there was no room in the inn, so it is that people don't have room in their hearts for Jesus Christ, not even at Christmas time. From a royal robe to swaddling rags. From a mansion in heaven to a manger on earth. We sing, he left the splendor of heaven. Anybody know that song? Hello? Hello? You want me to sing it for you? Well, let's move on. Maybe tonight. Okay, come back tonight. And I know you think that I can't sing it, but he left the splendor of heaven. Well, let's move on here. Come back tonight and I'll give you the rest. <laughs> the miracle... Of the heavenly host. Number two. The miracle of the heavenly host. The angels were busy speaking to Joseph and Mary, speaking to the shepherds. They were singing and worshiping, we are told. Guess what? They were not shopping. <laughs> amen? amen? Amen. Well, I know you're not going to say amen. But anyway, go ahead. Shop till you drop. But the angels were worshiping. They were singing praises unto God. Glorifying God. The heavenly host. We don't know how many. Could have been a large number of angels. The heavenly host, we are told. We think of the miracle of God working in the hearts or lives of men and women, the shepherds, the wise men, working to his glory, while others it was working in the other direction. We think this is the hand of God we see here. And all those who were involved in it, even Herod, because Herod, 
While he did not mean well, he did ask the wise men to go and find him. You know why? You know why? Not to worship him. He said, so that I could worship him. What goes on? Not at all goes on. So that I could destroy him. So here God was even working not only in Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the shepherds and Elizabeth and all involved, but also in the heart of Herod. And no doubt, I don't know, maybe he assisted the wise men with the gifts that they had. We told they had gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Perhaps, just perhaps. Maybe the king did that to help them, to encourage them to go please. And when you find him, bring me word so that I know where he is. But guess what? After they found him, we are told they went the other way. And when Herod, when Herod realized that the wise men were not studying him, he got angry. And he decided that we are going to find him one way or the other. But you see the, 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 the uh, hand of God working in the wise men after they found Jesus, whenever that was, we don't know. Two days after, three days after, a year after, two years after, we don't know. But then a lot of things we don't know about this. God has chosen to keep it secret because according to the book of uh, Hebrews, he was after the order of who? Melchizedek. And Melchizedek, brethren, we know little or nothing about him. We don't know when he was born. We don't know when he died. We don't know exactly um, where he served. And so, for that reason, Jesus Christ, being after the order of Melchizedek, we do not know exactly when he was born. We do not know exactly when he, was, when he died. I mean, so many things. It's amazing how God has done it for his honor and his glory that man would not be able to worship the day in which Jesus Christ was born, but rather they'll worship the man of the occasion. And so he worked in the hearts and lives of so many people. These are miracles. Then we have the miracle from that day still going on, working in the hearts of lives of men and women to carry on his work. And so the miracles of that night that we need to remember goes on and on in our hearts. And this could be your day. Your day for that same miracle. But it's a miracle when God changed our lives and his Holy Spirit come into us, which people are taking very lightly. As Jesus Christ was born and the miracles of that first Christmas day were taken for granted, so it is, that the miracle of changing a life for Jesus Christ is still being taken for granted. We have people who would say, well, uh, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready. No, listen. Which part in the world that somebody's going to do something for you, life-changing, and you tell the person, I'm not ready yet. Money is king these days. And somebody tell you that, hey, listen, 
I have a couple million dollars for you because a uh, million dollars don't mean anything these days, um, you know. <laughs> but I have a billion dollars for you because billion is the in thing these days, billion. You hear about people losing billions of dollars at the crack of a finger, at a whip, billions of dollars they can't find. Bitcoin and crypto dollar, crypto, whatever they call it, um, money just disappearing like crazy. And so somebody tell you, listen, I have a billion dollars for you, but you have to come for it right now. And you say, listen, I am busy and I cannot come today, maybe next week, maybe next month. Now, one person put up your hand here that you honestly would tell them, I'm too busy, I can't come right now. But here is Jesus calling. And he said, I have a miracle here for you today. Oh, let's put it differently. Maybe it's not money. Health. Brethren, health is of the essence today. And so, you are sick unto death. Stage four or five or six or seven cancer. And Jesus is offering you a miracle. And you're going to tell him, Lord, come back later, not now. You notice how sometimes people find the church where the church is when they're sick. People ask you to pray for them. Why? Because they want a miracle in their lives. When the doctors say, there's nothing more we can do. Brethren, only God next. I tell you, the doctors are human. They are not gods. They can only do so much. And the time will come when the doctors say, you cannot do anything more. I could remember I was at the hospital and someone. And I said, nurse, could you all do something here? She said to me, Pastor Maynard, there is nothing more we can do. Brethren, my heart sank. It was all over. I said, but the, is, the person is in pain. He said, the person is not in any pain. And she didn't want to come out and tell me right away that, listen, he's dying. She didn't say that. But that's what she was saying in essence. I said, could God give something to stop the pain? He said, the person is not in any pain. Pastor Maynard. And lo and behold, the person died that same night. But he didn't want to tell me that there isn't anything medical science can do here. And so that time, you really need God. No, you tell me that a person like that would have said, not now, maybe next week. But God is willing to provide. You know, people don't think that being born again is a miracle. They don't think anything miraculous about it. But it is. The miracle of the star. And its significance of it. The same star which guided the shepherds to the manger. The same star guided the wise men to where Jesus was when they met him. We don't know. It is approximately, like I said earlier, I told you we'll come back to it, about two years. We don't know. And that's one of the things that remain a mystery. If the shepherds did not obey 
and gone to the manger when they were told, they would have missed the opportunity to see Jesus Christ in the manger. In the manger. Chapter 2 of Luke 15 to 17. I will not take the time to read that, but you read it for yourself. They were the, one, the ones who went and saw where the baby was, not the wise men. It tells us that there is danger in delay. And your day, a day of remembrance, can be today. You remember the day when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord. The miracle is waiting. Your miracle is waiting. The same is true with the wise men. When the Lord spoke to them through Herod, had the delay, perhaps they would not have even met Jesus Christ where he was. And the star led them exactly to the place where Jesus Christ was at that time. The significance, the significance of the star is that it lit up the world, the world's darkness as it is right now. Jesus removed the darkness with his appearance into the world. And then he continued with his ministry. And it is continuing right now at this present moment as we see the world is in darkness more so than ever before. I want you to observe with me in closing a few things about the shepherds. One, they responded to God at once. Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now, amen, amen. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. They went against the crowd. The crowd was going one way. And the shepherds went in the opposite direction. We should be going in the opposite direction to the world. I don't know what carnival celebration has to do with Christmas, but you find yourself involved in Christmas carnival. May the Lord have mercy upon you. What does that have to do with the birth of Jesus Christ? All the indecency and nakedness, juve morning and thing, what does that have to do with anything? I heard a news item that they had uh, early jube in St. Kitts um, uh, this past week or sometime or the other. What does that have to do with the celebration of Christmas? They went seeking until they found him. Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Amen. There will come, come a time when you will seek him. And you will not find him. They listened to God as the angels spoke to them. The Spirit of God, not the angels, 
are speaking to you right now, whether you be a saint or you're a sinner. Spirit of God speaking to the Christians that we stay away from sin and stay away from the activities that are not glorifying God. Not only that, the shepherds follow the instructions that they were given. This generation is not good at following instructions. I do not understand why. I do not understand why. And something has to be repeated over and over and over. I like one pastor. He said, when he go out to eat and he places his order, he makes sure that after he places his order, he asks, because he's very specific. I want my eggs done thus and so, and I want this and I want that and whatever. And he said, I ask the person to read back to me what I said. And he said, lo and behold, it was not what he said. He said, listen, that's not what I just told you. What I told you is thus and so. And he said, okay, now read it back to me. Because somehow, even though you write instructions down, people don't understand it or they don't follow it. So he did that because at one time they brought his whatever his meal, and he said, listen, that is not what I ordered. They say, yes, that's what you order. So, well, okay, read it to me. And so, therefore, he asked them before they bring the meal, please read back the instructions I gave you. Learn to follow instructions. It will save you a lot of trouble. The world would not be in so much trouble today if people were following God's instructions according to his word. People twist the word of God to get it to say what they want it to say. And as a result, we are missing the blessings of God. We are missing God's miracles in our lives. And then finally, the shepherds went and they spread the good tidings to everybody they could have found. They were, instructed, they were instructed to take out the message that they had received. And so it is that we have been instructed to take out the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and follow the instructions as they are given in the Bible. You know why we have so many denominations? You know why we have so many differences and shades of doctrine? Because people cannot follow instructions. And they read into the word what is not there. And as a result, we have all this confusion, even about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we do not follow the instructions in the Bible. There are so many other things that happened that Christmas night. That first Christmas night. The time will not permit us to go into it, but you read that chapter for yourself. And I guess we'll say more about it next Sunday 
uh, because this chapter has so many messages in it that you cannot even exhaust these messages if they were to be preached every single Sunday in a given year. It's deep. And we hear about the deep things of God, according to the Apostle Paul in Corinthians. This is one of the deep chapters of the Word of God, which, indeed, it's deep enough or it's shallow enough for a baby to be in. And it's deep enough to drown a camel or an elephant or even a giraffe. And so we have it for the Christmas message, the shallow part of it for the children, but then the deep part of it for those who have experienced salvation and know their Lord as their Savior. And you don't want to be in the shallow water where babies would be. You want to be in the deep things of God. And so that you could have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And you could experience the miracles that they experienced that first Christmas night. May I ask you, are you a born again believer in Christ? Have you experienced that miracle of new birth in Jesus Christ. Just as his birth was a miracle. So it is that our new birth is a miracle. And something that people don't want. I am not ready for that yet. No, just imagine. <laughs> You're in your mother's womb. Nine months. Or even seven months sometimes. They get in a hurry and they can't wait for nine months. So they come out at seven <laughs> And the Lord says, it's time for you to get out of here. And you say, no, 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 Lord, I enjoy being carried around here. Could I be here for another six months? <laughs> Mother, just imagine, you know, you say, hey, listen, get out of here. It's time for you to, I mean, I've, I've had enough. Well, if the baby could have talked, really. But what I'm saying is, the appointed time comes. When that baby has to be born. Amen? Amen? Brethren, there is a appointed time for you to be born again. And when the Lord speaks, you listen and you obey. When contractions come for a child to be born, it's time for the child to be born. And the child is not born, there could be a stillbirth. He could die in the womb. And so, as it is urgent for that baby to be delivered, so it is urgent for you to experience that new birth in Jesus Christ. Have you experienced that birth? Are you putting it off? Why would you put off the miracle of new life in Jesus Christ? Every head bow. And everywhere close as we